podcasting has become a great way to spread the word about your book and um, even having others on your podcast to talk about their book. So it, it those are some big ways that people are doing it. Social media is important, but it's not necessarily a sales translator. Hey there, welcome to the Swayology podcast. I'm your host, Ann Watson, and I cannot wait to help you think like a business so you can inspire like a boss. I'm a former corporate multi-passionate entrepreneur turned business coach here to bring you practical advice, inspiration, and motivation as you navigate the wild world of online business and marketing. We are going behind the scenes with successful coaches, creatives, and entrepreneurs like you, and we're getting real about their stories so you can learn everything you need to to build a life and a business you love. It's not going to be easy, but I promise it's going to be worth it. So if you're ready, let's get to it. Okay, guys, if you are a writer or an author, you are going to love today's episode. I am talking to Stephanie Alton. She is a literary agent with the Blythe Daniel Agency, and we are talking about all things book writing as big business. So we're talking about how publishing is a business and part of your book proposal has a business aspect to it. But also we get into things about building your message out as a business and possibly earning an income from that in a way that is a blessing to you and to your family. But even more than that, we're getting into some nitty gritty stuff about where is blogging today and what is possibly more effective than blogging. We're talking about the best order of doing things, tasks and activities, and it may not be what you think if you want to write a book. So she's got her best advice for authors creating a business. I mean, this episode is jam packed, you guys. I adore Stephanie. I know you will too. I don't want to keep you waiting any longer. Let's get started with Stephanie Alton. Hey, Stephanie. I'm so excited to have you on the show today. Uh, You and I have been friends for a while and you're one of my favorite people on the planet. I tell you this all the time. So you probably don't even believe me, but you are truly one of my favorite people on the planet because you're such an encourager and such a cheerleader. And I just love you to death. But for anybody out there who does not yet know who you are, could you just take a minute and introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, all the good stuff. Absolutely. Well, thank you. It's mutual. You are one of my favorite people as well. I just love you and who you are and and your message in general, but um, I'm Stephanie Alton. I'm a literary agent and marketer, do a little bit of publicity as well, and I'm with the Blythe Daniel Agency, so I spend a lot of time talking with authors, influencers, and publishers, all kind of after the same goal of selling a lot of books. Oh, sure. Absolutely. But you're more than that. I mean, you're a wife, you're a mom, and you're a friend and all that stuff, too. Absolutely. I um, have been married for almost 20 years, which doesn't 
sound right. Like in my head, I feel like I'm still 17. So there's no way I could be married for that long. I get that. Um, but I did get married young. So there's that too. So I'm not that old. Um, I had <laughs> two boys. <laughs> um, who's 14 and 12. Um, and the 14 year old is taller than me. And he thinks that's the best thing ever. He's like, I'm taller than you. And he's always coming up to measure and see how much further above my head he is. And so it, it's been a lot of fun to step into the teenage years with them. And then I also have um, a Labradoodle named Molly. And she thinks that I'm her dog, but she's really my youngest boy's dog. But yeah. <laughs> I think everybody knows that she really loves me because I am with her all day and I give her treats and take her for if I say the word, she's going to pop up and be like, let's go. But, right, uh, right, right. Don't say the word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She even likes to uh, pop her nose up underneath my arm when I'm on Zoom. So um, just to say hey to whoever I'm talking to. like She may make an appearance. Yeah. Yeah. So there, there's That's that. That's cute. She, she keeps are, my feet warm. You are her emotional support animal. Yes. <laughs> I yes, I am. It. I love it. That's so great. Yeah. Okay. Well, I do want to talk to you a little bit because you are a literary agent and you work with lots of authors and publishers and all that kind of stuff. And what I kind of wanted to get into a little bit today is the business of writing and publishing. But before we get into that, I would love to just know a little bit about how did you get into it? Like, how did you become a literary agent? Is it something you dreamed sure. about? Um, yeah, actually, I always thought it would be neat to be a book agent. And um, I, I say that because when I was dreaming about it, I didn't actually realize it was a literary agent. I just kind of in my head always thought book agent. But it, it I didn't come about it the traditional route. Um, it seems nothing in my life happens traditionally. It's all like so backwards I don't know um but I came on with Blythe um about eight years ago I think um to start our blog network and I just did some mailers and communicated with uh various bloggers to come on and do reviews and giveaways for books and movies and um I just really connected with people and would get to know them well. I got to know the publishing industry. And so then I started going to conferences with Blythe and, and I shadowed her. And I think I just really came alive in hearing what it was that people were saying that was not necessarily what they wrote down, but what their message was and just being able to help them develop a book idea. And so I started looking at different proposals and reviewing them and um, giving feedback. And it just, it was one of those things where it was one thing led to another. And before I knew it, I was taking on my own clients and um, representing them. So it's, it's been really neat, um, especially when I've been able to watch someone start out 
fresh as a new blogger and then work their way up into like making a full-on living on their website and their books and um, even being able to get to work with them as we started as just somewhat friends. It just evolved into more of a business relationship and um, I've been able to help some of them and uh, it's been a really neat blessing to do it. It's never boring. It's always something different and um, it's kind of hard to believe that I'm in the position that I'm in. It, it feels like so cool to say, but then it's it's reality. And I, I think that's too kind of how I know that it's been God's hand in all of this, just answering prayers and giving me affirmations and no's um, when needed. And um, I don't get tired of it. So I think that's kind of like how I know I'm in in the right spot, at least for now. I love it. You're you're a book agent. <laughs> yes, a book you, agent. You manifested your little dream there into a total reality that you love. And you're so good at it. And you're just, I Thank just you. have had the pleasure of working with you in this a little bit. And uh, I just think that you're really gifted in it and fun to work with and all the things. And I could gush about you for forever. However, I want to ask you a couple of questions about what you just said. The first one is you started out with people who are writing blogs and mm -hmm. that people are still doing that. What is your take on where blogging is today? Well, I think it looks a little bit different than it did years ago, which as technology advances, that's kind of to be expected. Um, I think people use their websites in various ways, and one of them is through blogging or through a newsletter. And some people have been creating digital products and selling those um, and earning income and getting it to the point where it just keeps making income over time. So, um, but a lot of people use that blog space for either something going on with their business. So if they have a business site, it's all about um, the type of work they do, maybe special projects, different promotions they have going on. And so it, it's just a, it, it kind of feels like a more personal business card really, because your website has an about you, how to contact you and the stories through your blog is a better way to get to know you. And so for writers in general, they often talk about some of the topics that they publish in, and it just has become a staple. It's not necessarily the best way or the only way. It's just a way to connect with people consistently. Um, the newsletters, I think, are a little more effective um, but they're kind of the same thing in essence they just it's a great way to get into somebody's inbox they've trusted you with that information um, so that's that's a big win in itself to get somebody's email address but then when they're consistently reading emails from you and I believe you can see that through the analytics and everything um they're really buying into who you are and what you're doing. So it, I just see it as 
um, a great way to extend either your product or your message or who you are. Yeah, absolutely. And you've mentioned a couple of times too, that it's a decent way to make a living. And I want to kind of dig into that a little bit because I think, first of all, a lot of people that I know that are writers do not often think of themselves as businesswomen, but it is a good opportunity to kind of build a business and book writing is big business when you look at it from the publishing side. Absolutely. Um, to some of that, one of the biggest trip ups for any author is getting into the business mindset when they're approaching a book contract. Basically, when you are going to a publisher, you're asking for them to invest in you, in your message, in your words. And so they, and this is just the business side of it. It's not the passion, the heart and all that kind of stuff. It's strictly the business side. They're wanting to make sure that you're going to be able to help them sell enough books to earn back their investment and then make some. So it it's kind of hard to think of it in that manner when you're so focused on God gave me this message. I got to get it out. I've got to write it. I've got to tell it. And you're focused on writing, but as publishing has shifted so much, publishers rely on authors to bring some sales to the table. And so when you are able to establish a business in essence on your website, it really shows publishers that you are going to be able to help sell some books. It's not only on you, but a big piece of it is on you. They, they will do their thing and, and help you reach more people and they'll distribute it and, um, help you do the marketing aspect for sure. But, um, they really do rely on the person to, um, to help with that. And on the business side of it, I've seen people selling like, um, Workshops, retreats, um, they sell like downloadable stories or pieces of information. It's kind of getting into the mindset of who your subscribers are, like what are they coming to you for? So what would you be able to offer them that they're willing to pay for? Even if it's something that's one to two dollars, that can add up if you have several thousand subscribers who want to buy grandma's favorite recipe that's been handed down for six generations you know something right. like that and recipes are not the only thing but there's there's a variety of products that people are creating and selling on their websites and there's plenty of people who are more tech savvy and can can explain that better but i know there's something to do with funnels and right um, <laughs> drip campaigns and all these fancy words um i i know about them i just don't implement them so i'm not a great person to speak into that well that may not be your jam specifically but i think you and i have had several conversations where i mean even from the very beginning the book proposal is so similar to a business proposal 
And it's just putting together all those pieces of your idea in a way that makes sense to publishers and to business people to let them know that you're going to be a partner with them in the process of selling the books. And Mm -hmm. really, I think from there, taking that message and creating a business out of it is not that far of a leap for most people. But I think a lot of people don't do it. And I'm curious about why you think that is. Um, I think sometimes people with incredible stories don't think that their story is worth telling or that nobody would want to hear it. Um, they think that they're not a good writer or, um, that they're, there's a million reasons why I think people get held up on not writing. It is time consuming. It takes talent and skill and practice and revision and revision and revision. And I can repeat that revision thing many, many times because it it does take a while to get down to the nitty gritty of what you're saying. So um, it's a lot of work and it's more than what people anticipate. But as you mentioned, the proposal is an incredible tool. It can really help you narrow down your message as you get into the chapter outlines and um the sample chapters, that chapter outline, though, can really be your roadmap to your book. And especially if you take a step back and you're thinking, okay, what are the like the 12 points that I want people to walk away with? Well, those have become your chapter headers. And then you can kind of build off of that. Well, under each of these points, Maybe there's five or six things that can complement that. And then you've got some bullets to go under each of these and you just kind of keep working through it. And so um, the, the proposal also has pieces of, of you in it. It talks about who you are, what you do, um, who your audience is, who you're reaching, how many of them are you reaching? And so um, that that's kind of intimidating too. And in the end, your your proposal can be like 30 to 60 pages and people look at it like, oh my gosh, that's such a big thing. I don't want to do it. What is it even used for? <laughs> oh, so it's intimidating on the front end. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's funny because I have written book proposals. You and I have worked on some and I have helped a lot of people with their book proposals. And it's almost to the point where I see so much value in it that I'm taking my coaching clients almost through a book proposal process because it is the number one way to get extreme clarity on the Mm -hmm. problem that you're solving for people, Mm -hmm. how your message is serving or transforming people's lives, who needs that message the most, and also how you plan to get it out there when you do get to partner eventually with a publishing company. It's just the most useful tool. And yes, it is a lot of hard work, which is why I think, you know, there's some statistic like 90 something percent of people want to write a book, but only 3% ever will. Mm -hmm. And I think part of it is that book proposal process is intimidating, but to me, it's such a great tool. It is a great tool. And then I think on top of that is like, so you're talking about 3% of people who actually want to write a book do, and there's a lot of rejection that comes with that. And it feels so deflating to 
invest that kind of time and energy and research and all the things into this big tool basket, basically. And then you send it out and you're hit with that. And no, 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 over and over again. And you're, and you're like, like, oh, my oh, gosh, my mother was right. Yeah. <laughs> or um, maybe others are like, all right it's all the publishers but in reality like when you're getting that many no's there's got to be something in there that needs to be different maybe a different angle a different tone a different style of writing or working on growing a bigger audience um and there's so many no's and I get no's all the time and then I have to pass the no on and it's like no is like probably the most common word in my inbox it seems at times like no 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 talking to a toddler with the nose but oh yeah it is so amazing when you get that yes though because um it, it's just such a delight to see somebody's dream come true like they're chasing this dream for so long and then they finally found the right publisher and sometimes we're fortunate to have multiple publishers interested and then you really got to look at whose values align best with you and so that is like it sounds like the ultimate dream come true is when you get multiple offers but it's not always the case because each of them are a little bit different and maybe one publisher has a different appeal than another and so it it, it can take some time to uh, decide which one's best. It's not always yeah. the dollar amount. When we're talking about publishing as a business and that book mm -hmm. proposal is that first tool yeah. that really walks you through getting clarity on your idea, but also the marketing strategy that you want to employ when yeah. you finally do get that contract, there's more to it than that in terms of being a business, would you say? Yeah. Yeah, um, you kind of have to take your business on the road. Like you've got to figure out how you can walk the books to more people. And you can do that by going to speaking engagements, going to local bookstores, um, doing book signings. And so it's really getting out and meeting people face to face. And I think sometimes people really love who you are and want to take a token of you with them. And when you're at those speaking events that's a great piece for them to take with you like there's a percentage of people in live attendance who will buy your book so if you go to a speaking event where you're talking to a thousand people that's a couple hundred books potentially that could be um adding towards your sales if you have a lot of traffic on your website, it could be a great way to sell it, especially if you've purchased author copies and you have the ability to sell them and keep the difference. So if you're buying them at a discounted rate and you're able to sell it at the same price as all the other stores, you're getting a good piece of income by having it go out through your website. And so... Sometimes that doesn't always work, but a lot of times it does. Podcasting has become a great way to spread the word about your book and um, even having others on your podcast to talk about their book. So it, it, those are some 
big ways that people are doing it. Social media is important, but it's not necessarily a sales translator. So those those are some, some ways to use it. I think your book as an income, but I think if I may share something about, um, the order of getting your book, is that all right? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So I think a lot of times people think I need to have a book and then I can start speaking. I need to have a book and then I can start doing things on websites or I need to have a book and then I can start podcasting. And that's kind of backwards. You really want to get your message up and out there. And then once you've proven that there's interest in what you're saying and what you're doing, then it's time to go and get your book. You want to start speaking consistently and then offer your book for sale after you've done it for a while because you're going to need those people, their email addresses, their their downloads on your podcast or whatever way you're doing to connect with them because that's going to go into your platform piece of your marketing plan that really publishers are wanting to see how you're reaching the people. And so they want to see that you're reaching people before you get a book and then your book becomes a tool at those events. And um, to answer a question that's that I'm anticipating many people will ask is, well, if I'm speaking and people are like, oh, do you have a book? And I, I don't want to say no. Um, have something else like a bookmark or a cup or something unique to you that you can offer for a sale. And then people are familiar with you. They're familiar with buying things from you. And then when you see them again, you can then sell your book or you can have things to just give to them. So that that's totally up to you. But having a book isn't mandatory for speaking, podcasting, blogging, social media, any of it. You can really get started without it first. So it's almost like you've got to build your message and build your audience, kind of put it out there in the world, begin testing it, let the people respond and react to it. And then as that grows, Mm -hmm. you can really drill down into the most important points for the book. So yeah, don't wait to get a book, you're saying, before you just get out there and start spreading the message in your heart. Yes. And doesn't that kind of mimic a basic business anyhow, where you have to like think about what you're going to do and then take baby steps and build it up and reach more people and run ads and connect with other people. It's all kind of the same. It's just in a different format of a business. Actually, writing a book and getting a book deal, putting the book out there, I don't know anybody that's gotten rich off their first book. And it takes a lot of time and money investment to do it. So I've noticed that there have been several other of my author friends who have taken that message and then actually gone a step further and created a full-on business out of it, where they're selling downloads or courses or workshops or Mm -hmm. whatever it is that not only helps them grow their audience and continue to spread the message, but it brings their family some income and at least helps cover the expenses that it takes to 
have a website to buy the tools you need to do the marketing or the book proposal, whatever it is, that mm -hmm. getting paid to do what you do is not a bad thing and can Absolutely. be a blessing. Yeah, it, it feels so weird to do something that you're so passionate about and then you get income and you're like, I would have done this for free, but then here it is. <laughs> I get some money. And I and like before you know it, the money's gone because mortgage and cars and right. all the thing, food on the table and utilities and um, you name it, sports, whatever. You dogs who are high maintenance, whatever. You know, right, exactly. So like, the, <laughs> the money goes quick, and um, it's it, it's. So surreal to get income from doing something you love. And it's something I wish for everyone to experience, to feel that first, oh my goodness, I actually made it moment. Because whether it's $1 or $1 million, like it's so neat to have that check come in. And FYI, I have yet to see a million dollar check. I'm just dreaming there. So... Well, I'm sure that it's out there. I mean, you manifested being a book agent. You can manifest that yeah. too, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to keep willing that to happen. But maybe by then inflation's going to be so out of whack. It'll just be like a regular thing. Right. A regular know, check. That's yeah. hilarious. <laughs> I sure hope not. I really hope not. But it, it just uh, crossed my mind. So I thought I would share it. No, I think that's funny. And I love the idea of just giving people permission to feel the joy of mm. earning a little bit of money from all that hard work and effort. I know yeah. so many people feel like they should be doing it for free, that they would do it for free, but to know that you can get paid for it and that that's not a bad thing and just have that joy. Yeah. I mean, what an image, what a great goal to have. Yeah. For this time of year, we're coming up on the Christmas season as we're recording. And every year I see this support small businesses and it's such a good thing. And it's something I love to do is buy jewelry or Norwex or clothes or whatever from small business owners. And really, if you're an author, you're also a small business. Like, Add yourself to those lists of small business supporters um, or a way to support a small business. And um, if you have enough books, you might be able to go to some of those um, Christmas festivals or the Santa workshop type things where there's all sorts of vendors set up selling things. And I've met several authors um, at at those events. And it's just really neat to see who's in my neighborhood. And whether I read their book or not, a lot of times I'll still pick up a copy just because I know it means a lot to them. And generally I come across somebody who would really enjoy it, even if it's not a book for me. So I, and I know what it took to get that far in the process too. So I, I just like to, to do that. Okay. I hope that my audience is hearing the encouragement and the support and just it it is it's it's who you are you're such a great cheerleader and i'm just so grateful to call you my friend oh thank uh, you as we're wrapping up 
I want to ask, what advice would you give people who are wanting to basically become an author in terms of thinking about it like a business? I think if you're pursuing that that dream of becoming an author, really take the time to think it through. Um, figure out your message and don't think that by answering those questions or doing some of the work of refining and fine-tuning what you're saying in a book form as you're not supposed to do it. It's just helping you clarify and get get down to the best way to say it. It's kind of like the don't take 10 words when you can say it in seven. It's just really be intentional and know that a lot of times when you get feedback or questions from people in the industry that they're trying to better understand you. They're not trying to belittle you. They're trying to find a way to help you in some in some way, basically. And so just be diligent in your homework. Um, make sure your message is really for your reader and not just for you to get it on paper. And then just look for ways that it can parallel your current business. Like, what are you doing in your business that's really working? Can you apply some of that common ground into how you pursue your book and eventually sell it? I love it. Well, thank you. That, no, that's really good stuff. Okay, last question is okay. that swayology is really about influence. It's about persuading mm -hmm. people to love their life, love their business. And I just wonder, what is influence? What does that mean for you today? Like, how are you seeing that play out? I think that if we take a look at the word influencer, what it really means is being able to change somebody else's perspective or change their mind or guide how they're viewing something. Um, and maybe what you say triggers them negatively, but maybe it doesn't. Maybe it, it helps them think oh, wow, I can do that too. Or, oh, wow, I do need that. So when we hear influencer, it's really just someone who's really well connected. They they know who they are. They know who their audience is. And they have a pretty good idea of what they would like. And so when we get to know different influencers in the publishing industry, we like to have them promote different books, but a lot of times those influencers will only take on books or products that they know are reflective of them and their audience. And so I think it's just a neat way of saying they're gonna, they are the people who kind of inspire others to go and buy or to go and do certain things. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. I think that's such a good point that uh, it's helping other people take action mm -hmm. on whatever it is they're thinking or doing, but to, to change their minds in a positive way. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 
Stephanie, I'm so grateful that you came on the show today. How can people get in touch with you or find out more about you or what you do? Sure. Um, well, I oftentimes am at writers' conferences. So that's one of the best ways to do that is to go to one of the conferences for that are in person. I do digital conferences as well. I think one of the most common ones is Flourish writers. They generally have us come and do appointments for them. Uh, my colleague Blythe and I come on and do literary pitch appointments. So if you aren't ready to go to a full-on writers conference in person, that's a great one to do online and it's free or they at least have a free option and who doesn't love free. The agency website, I believe it has my email address, but email is great and in-person is really good. Referrals, like if you know somebody who I know, uh, getting in contact through that way. And I'm not always great at responding to messages in my private messages, so that's probably not the best way. And I'm not always on social media. So it, it feels kind of bitter to say that than I expect others to be on social media, but I don't really do a lot there. Yeah, I love yeah. it. Honest and transparent. So, well, again, thank you so, so much for coming on today and sharing all of your wisdom and your expertise. I hope people have learned something and they've been inspired and I can't wait to see what kind of authors and businesses we get out of this. Me too. And I just love what you're doing too and how you encourage and inspire so many every day. And you don't let people talk down on themselves. So I love that very much about you. Oh, not on my watch. Not on my watch, sister. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Stephanie. Right. Thank you. Well, there you have it. Thanks so much for listening to the Swayology podcast. You can find all the links for everything we talked about today in our show notes. And if you enjoyed this episode, I would love for you to leave a review on iTunes and take a screenshot and tag me on social media. That helps other women like you find the show and build our community. Got comments? Shoot me a DM on Instagram or head on over to my website. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time on the Swayology Podcast.